Hello and welcome back to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today, we're joined by uh, our friend Graham and my roommate and uh, someone new to the podcast, Trevor. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Cloverfield Paradox. Um, thank you guys for joining us today. How's it going? It's great to be here. Yes. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. So Graham was on the podcast when we talked about 10 Cloverfield Lane last year. And Cheers, we had a really good... Wow! Yes, yeah. two years ago. March, wow. I remember recording that in our in our house. Actually, that yeah. was that was weird. And that was so the first one. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as this trailer dropped, yeah. I think I tagged you and Josh, and I was like, "When podcast assemble, got to do it." <laughs> and then Trevor, I didn't know Trevor was a Cloverfield fan. Trevor doesn't really watch too many movies, I guess, but he was Confirm. hyped to watch it. So we watched Ten Cloverfield first, and then we watched this. And I asked him if he wanted to be on the podcast, and he said, "Okay." So here we are. So this movie has gotten bad reviews, and it's kind of been... That's probably little... being kind, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I think Graham said something, like, <laughs> negative about it on Twitter. So, And, you know, everyone was telling us that it was going to be bad, and Trevor and I watched it. And so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what we think. So um, I guess first... Let's talk about the, re- uh, the release. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to ask. What did you guys think of the sort of dropping it, you know, marketing on the Super Bowl dropping it on Netflix after the game. When do you start, Graham? I think that was definitely <laughs> the high point of the movie. I've, I've <laughs> well, I mean, there are, ob- there are obviously redeeming factors about the movie. Look, don't get me wrong. But I think it has the same type of psychology in this drop um, that I guess like a lot of new music album releases have gone through in the last few years where like rather than like put out these like three months of hype, where they tease the release date for so long and people's expectations get built up that the movie's never going to achieve it. They just dropped the movie out of nowhere. So people would just be simply grateful that a new Cloverfield movie kind of fell in their lap. And that was my thinking going in. Uh, I watched it right after the Super Bowl. I was still uh, a little bit wine drunk, pretty wine drunk, honestly. (laughs) And the first 20 minutes, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. They're trying to answer some questions. Uh, about the Cloverfield universe and the origin story that that was the biggest problem for me was that I had all these questions when we were dropped into Cloverfield one and they, the movie at least attempted to answer that. And I loved that aspect originally, but once I was getting like an hour into it, there were just so many unanswered questions, so new many questions. Yeah. So many new questions. And that wasn't what I was looking for. Um, I guess everyone, like, without trailers, without, uh, you know, reading about it for months, you don't really understand the full movie that you're getting. So my my entire perception was built off that 30-second spot, which mm-hmm. appeared to insinuate that they'd be answering, you know, some questions that were set forth 10 years ago. Sure. And so I was kind of hyped, you know, in the second half of the game, uh, despite it being, a, you know, a great second half. I was thinking about what I was going to see at the in, in Cloverfield Paradox. and. Mm-hmm. And it didn't answer that at all. Like you said, it answered. It which is which questions. is cool, though. You know, second half of one of the best Super Bowls ever that you're thinking about Cloverfield, right? And yes. jo- Josh, what were you thinking about Cloverfield as an Eagles fan while you're watching the game? <laughs> uh, maybe not as you much as you guys. You were probably pretty drunk. So. I, I, I wasn't drinking that heavily, but I was obviously a little more as a big Eagles fan. I was a little sure. more attuned to the game. My question for you guys is what was your level of knowledge about this movie before the commercial? Trevor, I don't go. think. Yeah, Trevor. Oh, I, I mean, like, I had, I had no idea. Like, I didn't know this. I mean, we hadn't even seen, but I hadn't even seen 10 Cloverfield Lane yet at that point. And so, like, I still had to go see oh, that wow. one. 
right after uh, right after Clem and I finished 10 Cloverfield Lane, I was pretty stoked to see the next one. So it's like, I guess if I would have uh, been a good Cloverfield fan, which I should have been because I enjoyed the first movie, if I would have seen the second one at an appropriate time, I probably would have been pretty dang hyped for uh, for the third one. So I asked that because they do this, they're mainly because of their process at Bad Robot where they make these movies is, I mean, like Graham was kind of comparing it to music releases, but they're also kind of making this, this like the thing for these movies. The first Cloverfield sure. was fairly revolutionary in its marketing and that they really hid stuff in the, the first trailer and very mysterious. The second one, they no tra- I think the trailer dropped like at the end of January at like the that Benghazi soldier movie, and mm-hmm. no one knew anything about. Uh, they were even no one even knew they were making another Cloverfield until that happened. And this one, they obviously did their own different thing. And I, I, we, I think we had talked about it a little bit in passing on the past pods. I'm not sure how much you guys had been thinking about it. I had been thinking about it a lot because I. I picked up somewhere that it might be a Cloverfield movie. It was called mm-hmm. God Particle for a God while. Gugu and Batha Raw is one of my favorite up-and-coming actresses. So I was just excited to see her in this universe. I was, like, really hyped for it, but then it got pushed back. I think it was, like, I remember thinking at some point last year, like, well, we haven't had Graham on the podcast since Ted and Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> if, nothing, if nothing else, he'll be our bad robot correspondent, and this, this uh, new Cloverfield one should come out, in, like, in the middle of 2017, and then it got pushed back. So then I was worried, like, oh, man, it's bad. Uh, it's it's getting pushed back. There there was a story that came out about like how they were probably selling the rights. There was maybe some production issues. It was costing a lot, and I was super worried. And then when the commercial dropped during the Super Bowl, I'm like, holy shit! Maybe Netflix wouldn't be putting like this big of an investment into it. They didn't think it was good. And now I think maybe they wanted to make this bigger release to kind of obscure the fact that maybe the movie's not very good. Um, and then I, so I just I, it's just interesting. I went through like this whole process of emotions and expectations before I even like saw the movie itself. And sure. Then, that, that yeah. was kind of my that was my experience with it and i i mean i like the fact that they're kind of messing with it these release schedules that's what our original question was about here i don't really know what other way there is to do it unless you just don't call one of the movies cloverfield something and then just hide it in there but it would leak out before then anyway but uh yeah i mean i, I still respect the fact that jj abrams is kind of trying to tinker with things and do things a little differently yeah um so let's let's talk about the actual movie uh graham I think you probably have the strongest feelings negatively towards it. So, I, I just based on on your earlier comments, I'm going to go ahead and say you didn't like the movie. Um, see, I guess when it comes to judging a movie, I'm all about you know, I if I if the technical aspects are really good, the production's good, the acting is good. I definitely give you know some credence to those factors, but that'll never overcome a plot that it has so many unresolved questions or seems like it's, it doesn't really know where it's going. Like, and, and what actually happened in the movie, like the stuff with the worms, the, the arm in the wall, his sentient arm, um, the monster at the end being bigger than the one that was in Cloverfield one, uh, the splitting of the God particle, all that stuff. I just like, I couldn't get over that even when there were other obvious technical achievements and, I, I'm just a movie. I'm just a guy who like when a movie is like that, uh, I just it's gonna just have this bad taste in my mouth for the next hour. <laughs> um, and and I, I can easily see what I keep coming back to is would I have paid money to see this in theaters in April? And I I know that I would have been mad if I did. Well, you have movie even pass with now. movie pass. <laughs> even with, <laughs> it would have, it would have been a waste of time, not of money. Is what it would have saying. been a waste of time, and I would have been like. Uh, disappointing because my expectations would have been building for like i said those three months if we had got a trailer for this on super bowl night and they said oh it comes out you know april something i would have been like hyped for two months 
like the range of emotions that you described, Josh. But then I would have been sitting there like, oh, man, is it going to be as good as 10 Cloverfield Lane? It's going to be like like that, but in space. And it's going to answer all the questions. And my expectations would have been so unrealistic that I know that I would have even hated it more than I did. So I, like I said, the one redeeming factor for me that it was dropped pretty much out of nowhere when everyone was still pretty drunk from Super Bowl. <laughs> Trevor, what did you think? You have a little bit different experience with uh, the way you watched it and the way you were hyped about it. So I'm definitely not like like Clem said, like I don't watch a crap ton of movies, so I'm pretty easily entertained by them. Um, <laughs> so like I'm not as harsh of a Jealous. critic, but like there were definitely parts of the middle of the movie that are just like you know, super far-fetched and like, okay, so like the person shows up in the middle of the wall, like I get it, it's a different dimension, they just pop in there in any kind of space and it doesn't really matter, so they throw it in there. But then like the arm and the arm like moving itself and then the arm like writes something and it ends up being like an important message, like somehow the arm has a brain or whatever. So like there's little parts of the movie in between that are kind of like a mess, but in terms of like the overall structure of the movie, I kind of loved it. Like the whole... You're the, the the whole uh, power crisis back on Earth, and that's why they got up there, and they're creating this infinite power source out of nowhere, like taking the limits of the universe and natural elements to their edge and basically ripping a hole in the dimension. And that's how, like, these things showed up, and that's how Earth got to be what it was in Cloverfield 1. I kind of really love that. Um, I also, like, the—I just want to say, like, the Cloverfield monster that, it was, that was at the end— is obviously a much bigger monster because you hear i can't remember what the the other main character's name is who's who's in not the main character but um hamilton's husband mm-hmm. when he's like you're they're coming back to these things and it's plural so like there's more yeah. things there so like the size of the monster at the end didn't really bother me it actually like got me more hyped for yeah. like what we're gonna figure <laughs> out next because he said like this is not the only one and i actually well, went back and watched like a couple of clips of the first Cloverfield movie just to like see the other monster to compare them. And they look fairly similar, but obviously like this one is the one that was in Cloverfield one was much smaller. And the clips that I was watching of the guy actually said like the monster, the end is like, it would be like that other little ones like mother. And like, that's why the little one was going like crazy in New York city for the first movie is that they were saying like, there's this rip in the dimension and the monsters get like thrown onto earth in random places. And then the one that was actually in New York city was basically like the one that we see at the end of this movie is like, yeah. like spawn or whatever. So like, that's what I had read of the other one. And yeah. like, that kind of makes sense to me, well, but overall, man, I like, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I really did. And I think, I think that if interstellar never came out, <laughs> people <laughs> would enjoy this movie a little bit more. Like well, there are parts like, like there are parts of this movie that steal some of the concepts from Interstellar. Obviously, like the certain kind of space travel steals from a lot of space movies. But yes, yeah, right. But like yeah. doing like the impossible. But Interstellar is the pretty popular one, right? I mean, that's yeah. just a, a common yeah. one that people have watched. Of, yeah. I think a lot of over the last yeah. year, and I think that if Interstellar had never come out, because I yeah. thought I think Interstellar was a brilliant movie. I love Interstellar, but um, I think if that hadn't come out, people wouldn't have been as harsh about this one because they would have enjoyed the concepts a little bit more. But instead, they're kind of repeats. So. 
they don't I, have that much effect. I want to m- mention something about other space movies, but I, just about the different kinds of monsters. I, I, should those discrepancies really matter that much when no. it was a, it was established in Ten Cloverfield Lane that uh, even before we've learned about all these different dimensions here that these aren't all going to be necessarily be in the same universe anyway. So maybe the monsters are slightly different. I thought we were just kind of my, my thinking was we were supposed to accept that at face value. This movie anyway, right? So. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, that monster looked like he could have been in, like, two continents at once, but... Sure, sure but, like, she's, like, the main character, Hamilton's Yeah, yeah, British, her husband's there. So. I, I still don't understand how that kid got there from Philadelphia, but that's... We can talk about that later. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I'm glad Trevor mentioned Interstellar, because it, 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 it gets at what my experience watching this movie and how I feel about it, and that I, I actually have already watched it twice, um, because I watched it, I think, the day after the Super Bowl, and but it was like I got like four hours of sleep before the Super Bowl, so I fell asleep watching it that, that Monday night, and I had to finish it the next day, and it felt kind of disjointed, and I really didn't like it. And I saw you, you and Trevor tweeting about how you really liked it, and I'm like, all right, if I'm going to be the guy that comes on this podcast and doesn't like it, I need to, I need to actually be able to really know my shit. So the worst thing that could happen is if I watch it again is I'm not going to like it. And I'll know my shit better. And the sec- the best that can happen is that I'll like it more. And I, for the first half of the movie, like it bothered me more so the first time. And I still felt that way the second time. But it felt like a weird composite of all these space movies we've had the last five years. Sure. And yeah. we, we've, we've talked about space movie fatigue on this podcast. And I'd say it's kind of unavoidable. I wasn't not going to watch this movie because it was in space. But it just feels like weird things it takes from – it felt very similar visually to life. It had some weird – it had some blatant homages to Alien. It, I mean obviously the dimensional stuff kind of deals with Interstellar. It just felt like it was a weird combination of things I had already seen. And that, that really bothered me. But um, I don't know. I think I, I was a little more focused on my second viewing. I still thought it held together a little more tighter throughout. But I still think the plot's kind of a mess in the second half, and that's probably what bothers me. But I kind of, I'm kind of a, maybe a little more where Graham is in that, like, I still respect how I think it looks good and the score is really good and it's well made and well acted. I just don't really know if the story really did it for me. Yeah. Um, so I haven't really said anything yet, but I, I like the movie a lot. I think that what kept me interested was probably just that it was a Cloverfield movie. I think that's sort of where I've landed right now. And like like you said, we you and I, Josh, we've done space movie podcasts and so many space movie podcasts. And and it's and even movies that we didn't get to talk about that were space movies. And I'm I'm definitely still tired of them. I don't really care for the space movies because a lot of them, all of them are not really that unique anymore. They're basically just variations of other movies, and they're not really trying to do their own thing. And while I can see that with this movie and I can see why you wouldn't like it, I just I, – I think the Cloverfield aspect of it of this stuff is the prequel to Cloverfield and these actions have a direct impact on the Cloverfield universe and whatever you want to say happens with monsters, da, da, da. I think that's what really kept me tied to it and I just sort of – I don't know if it's because everyone said it was so bad so I kind of went in a little – more easy about it or just lower like, expectations. Oh, well, yeah if it sucks it sucks but I, I i don't know i just enjoyed watching it and i don't really i think it's messy but i still think it's coherent i don't for me i know there are a lot of unanswered questions but i still think that it i feel like everything sort of has an explanation still despite how messy it is well Graham, and i know I, yeah i, was gonna I know ask, Graham doesn't necessarily feel that way well no though. Graham, i remember you tweeting something about how you did like some of the connections it had to the other movies so where, where exactly what exactly did you appreciate it about it and where did you where, where did that kind of end for you 
if it didn't continually cut down to Earth and and show the story on Earth and show the monster, you know, sure, ravaging the Earth, I think the movie would have been a bigger failure than it was, and bigger failure. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. I think I think those Earth scenes save it. But at the same time, all I kept thinking was that this was just like a cheap attempted connection because you know when you see the end of like Ten Cloverfield Lane, mm-hmm. and 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 you. Go, she goes outside, and there's actually aliens outside, um, totally different, you know, beings, sentient beings than are in Cloverfield one and three, I guess now. But it kind of feels like that is thrown in there to like redeem the movie. But it being at the end is kind of like cheap. I didn't feel like the pan away to like what was going on at Earth was like a cheap thing. I thought it kind of redeemed some of the space stuff. Um, and like put everything kind of into context because it could have just been another movie, I guess, where it's like, you know, six people trapped in space sure. and there's nothing else going on below them. They're like alone up there. But like seeing like the earth be ravaged while they were up there, it made me feel like, man, it really kind of shows that like maybe the scariest thing is that they're in the safest place right now. And that probably yeah. was the most redeeming factor for me in, in that aspect. Even when they weren't answering the questions, it, it kept making me think like, okay, a bunch of weird stuff is happening to them on the space station, but they're showing us that on Earth it could be a lot, lot worse. And that's why I really yeah. like that stuff. Um, but what really didn't work for me was like all the things we've mentioned, the girl in the wall, the the guy getting his hand sucked into the wall, the the weird eye, the parallel dimension stuff where they yeah. kept talking about, oh, there's parallel universes where your daughter is alive. Um, though That stuff is like where I got where they were where they were going for. But I feel, feel like they only got like 70 percent of the way towards answering that question. Sure. It was just they were attempting to answer that question. And that's obviously noble, but it still felt like it like. So way short for me. Okay, so here here's where I'm at on that. I think that this so Cloverfield is we I don't really think we have very many movies or like movie series that try to do the anthology thing. I can't really think of many that do it the way Cloverfield is attempting to build this sort of anthology thing. And um I think Trevor and I talked about this I think before we watched Tank Cloverfield Lane, but uh the sort of the some of the mystique around Cloverfield is that it doesn't really answer all your questions and not in a, not in a, it presents all these things. It's sort of just like, this is what happened. This is what we know. And it sort of like just gives you enough for you to enjoy it. And like, of course it's something that they could answer more questions about and it could be like, this is exactly what happened. But sometimes when we get movies or things that are like, Hey, this is exactly what happened. It's pretty disappointing. And I think sort of the mystery around it of like, we don't really know is sort of what makes it really good. Like for the second movie, I think the best aspect of it is you could, you watch the whole movie and you're like, I wonder who's right. Right. And then they're both right. Like he's a creep, but he's also not wrong about this nuclear stuff going on and it's not safe outside and it's safe in the bunker. And I think that's sort of like the best part about tank Cloverfield lane is that whatever conclusion you're coming to, there's evidence on both sides and it's, And it makes it correct. And then I sort of like that this movie, you can, for me, I feel like I can personally explain like, or answer all the questions I have based on the movie. And there are still more questions, whatever, but I sort of like, just love that now. And, and and this is the worst movie of the three, but now they set it up to where they can go forward with the anthology thing. And it'll all make sense because of this movie. That's where I'm at. 
I hope so. I think Trevor, you were the one who said like, I'm excited to see what questions we get answered, but I'm, I keep coming back to like the questions that were established in Cloverfield 10 years ago, they attempted to answer them now and they answered like a couple of them, but also made a, a lot more answers. And that's a gimmick that I think is, or they open up a lot more questions. So that's a gimmick that I think doesn't really work as like, it doesn't have longevity in terms of a, a franchise or an anthology series. If they keep opening up these questions while not resolving the ones that were still put forth in the first one, I think people's patience is really going to run out. That's why we have this talk right now. And I think this is a good, maybe not a transition think, point, but it has to I, be brought I, up. I think the There's questions a fourth that one you're coming this year, the, the questions that you're talking about, like the new ones though, I think that, right. I, th- I think that this movie, this paradox movie brought up a couple of, you know, crazy questions within that movie, but I don't really think they go beyond this movie is the thing. Like, I think the questions arise of like the things that happened in the middle of that movie where it might make paradox look like the worst of the three, or might, it might be the worst of the four or five or six or however many they do. But the outside structure, you know, like those first, you know, Mm -hmm. 15 minutes of the movie, the last 15 minutes of the movie, I thought that they were fine for this transition slash little prequel thing that they had to set up. Like, I think the questions that they created that you're talking about that a lot of people were talking about, I kind of think that they just, they like, they really don't matter. Like it, it, the, the little questions that were created might be annoying for this one movie, but as the series keeps going, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think they answered or at least gave hints to the things sure. that you want to know, you well, know? Well, what questions are you guys specifically referring to because we keep saying that and yeah i, per- I yeah. personally came in i personally came in with very little expectation of having like any questions answered i thought we were going to get a more narrow movie and that i didn't really need to know a whole lot about any origins or anything like that and i just thought we we were just going to keep getting narrow stories kind of like 10 cloverfield lane so what questions specifically do you think it that you got the most out of it answering well, or what what do you think it what do you think it what were you hoping for like wh- where exactly sure. are you are you guys on that well you said definitely that you know you'd been reading a lot about the movie you'd seen it been pushed back you mm-hmm. you had a better expectation but i i referred to like i i, I had read that netflix may be acquiring the movie that they were about to have some announcement um but like i said the super bowl spot starts with saying 10 years ago, uh, the, these landed and now, and, and I don't know if it straight up says like finally resolution, but it definitely alludes to that. Sure. The movie is going to be connected to the first one. That is entirely clear from the Super Bowl spot. Oh. So I get that it is this small piece really on like a small scale of like, you know, a bunch of people in a space station and just like this character drama in a way, but they definitely, hyped it up as if, listen, this is their biggest marketing tool was connecting it to the first Cloverfield. So the questions that we've talked about, the ending that, you know, the jump scare at the end where it's obviously a bigger monster, which Trevor said he, he, he understood a lot of it by like seeing that maybe a bunch of these monsters were like open up from this parallel universe and jumped all over, you know, the globe. That that's a good explanation for sure, but that is definitely an, a question that opens. Like this monster is way bigger than the one in the first. So there's more monsters. That's another question for me that, are they ever going to answer that? Does it matter though? That's the thing. Like to Cloverfield fans, yes, definitely. I don't really care. Uh, I, but like, the, it here's depends the on thing. how much you care about the universe. I guess. So. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just being a sucker about it. But just That's the fact cool. that I can sort of explain, like, well, it could be a different universe, right? Like Ten Cloverfield Lane and Cloverfield could be. Uh, 
a parallel, like different parallel universes. Yeah, that's one of the questions. That, that, that's a question it raises and doesn't answer. It's like, just sure. like <laughs> how many, yeah. how many of these are there, you know? Sure. But like, I don't know. I, I, like I said earlier, I think it's kind of cool. I didn't really have any problems with it. Um, if anything, I feel like you could argue it was a little fan servicey when they had like Donald Logue or whatever his name is. They're watching that like news telecast and he's like, buy my book, you know, they're going to, op- they could open up a new dimension and monsters and other beings could join it. Like that was sort of, that was not subtle at all. They had that literally in the movie for like a good yeah, 45 seconds. It's very seconds. expository too. And I'd say, yeah. and I'd say I, I wasn't bothered by bringing in all that stuff. I almost would have rather delved deeper into it. And probably sure. one of my bigger problems with this is that I didn't need it to be, be a disaster movie at all. Um, yeah. I thought that was probably the worst stuff in it when they're trying to save the ship from crashing. Like, why does the ship need to even be in danger of crashing? Once you've established that you're in the other universe and the the inner universe they end up in, where what's what's her face, Elizabeth Debicki, um, mm-hmm. uh, Mina, once they, Jensen, once they once they've established that her ship is gone, and mm-hmm. that's all you really need to know for it to kind of make sense at that point, in, in the, as as to her actions at the end and all that. And yeah. I, I I don't really think it, there needs to be an issue of whether or not this ship has the fuel or i mean i know there's a power issue source issue but you can just yeah. have it be that the ship has what it needs to get to the other dimension and not have any of this stuff about like them having to fix the ship but or they, anything like that i would have they, rather just dealt with the moral conundrum that they were in i feel like they they did though like they they were like they were telling her to like copy all of the specs for because they finally yeah. figured out how to use the thing and then they were going to go back to Earth and it wasn't they didn't even make it seem like a problem and then they got back to their own universe with no problem either besides all the people dying of course but <laughs> right well I mean I guess she, I mean, Jensen was just like ah, I don't think that it's actually gonna, well she was gonna she was it. like on a her revenge tour basically well she didn't she think that pissed. like just having plans was going to be enough to because they needed yeah, they needed that spaceship to bring to build the power the thing. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I got where she was coming from there but as far as like Hamilton making the decision like not to not to go back into their universe to warn her alternate family she could just send mm-hmm. them a message like well i mean i i would have rather that this not been an option to her and seen how she actually came to that decision to not go back herself that kind of happens sure. off screen and i would have liked to have seen her process that a little more and and maybe in like it's funny that graham, graham and i are maybe a little more negative on this than you and trevor because i actually would have been fine with having a lot more of the weird stuff on the ship with with the yeah, arm or anything like, like that, that. and like uh, seeing seeing the different uh ramifications of the two dimensions coming in on each other i would have been fine with more of that more of that other stuff i just explained and just none of this stuff about people dying because they can't get the ship right you know sure i i understand that but at the same time if you make a space movie it's like it's like on the checklist right like I, it's I gonna be weird i just subvert it's gonna have like give me that weird stuff it's gonna be something's gonna go wrong you have to fix it yeah, that's lit- that's just space movie I, one-on-one I'm, I'm, no I, I'm, well why don't you subvert that expectation and just do sure it different is, is because what I'm saying. I saw. I saw. Yeah. I saw. Have you? Have you? Have any of you guys ever seen Moon, the Sam Rockwell movie? Of from course, I love that movie. That's yeah, one of my favorite movies ever. Okay, I, I watched that for the first time like three days ago because I need to like get the Sam Billboard. Th- uh, Sam, for the first Sam, time? Yeah, I, get, I had to get the Sam Rockwell three billboards taste out of my mouth, and I'm like, eh, here's here's something <laughs> oh, else I can dude, watch. Maybe. Watch the way way back, dude. <laughs> no, I know. I way way back for you too. I yeah, even we, like Seven Psychopaths. I like Seven. Well, yeah, Psychopaths. we discussed this on our uh, yet to be posted, or it will have been posted probably when people listen to this three billboards pod, where it's like he's, Sam Rockwell's had so many other good performances but i couldn't honestly cite that on the, our podcast there because i hadn't watched moon yet but i think it's really cool like you might think that moon's going to become that kind of movie and then it becomes like that's an example of something that becomes a totally different kind of space movie and i i had that expectation for this one and... of the best twists ever in a space movie i think exactly is, and I, it sounds like they haven't seen it so don't say anything but 
like I, I, I th- because of that, I have like expectation, or not because of that, because I hadn't seen that yet when I watched Cloverfield. But I'm just like, Ten Cloverfield Lane was such a unique type of story, and I, I guess I was just hoping for that from this, and I was a little let down that it kind of gave into some yeah, of those tropes. Yeah. Well, the other thing is Ten Cloverfield Lane. It, outside of being a Cloverfield movie, it's such a smart film. Like everything about it is really smart. Every detail is important. And after, and you're like, okay, well, the same people that are producing that are producing this. So and then, and your boy Damien Chazelle wrote it. So yeah, and I was like, well, this should be a smart movie. Then, like this, like if they're gonna accept how good Ten was, and they're gonna do this, make it a smart movie. And this movie, I, it's just not. It's not the same kind of film as Ten Cloverfield Lane. And uh, like you said, Ten and this one were both like retrofitted to become a Cloverfield movie, which can have its problems, I guess, but I don't know. I, I, I think those problems are more evident here than 10, even if 10 yeah. is kind of obvious what they added on, more, even more sure. obvious what they added on. And, and, and I think the lasting effect for me is that now it's opened up to basically any possibility they want to have right. a Cloverfield movie, right? And like I was telling Trevor and I were talking, I was like, dude, October 26th, like we're going to go to the theater and we're going to see the next Cloverfield so, movie. And that's going to be a World War II one, right? Yeah. So, it's, so it's, how so do the you... Nazis are using space magic basically to shoot down American paratroopers in World War II. Huh. Like they're basically using like they're, – I'm they're all using, there for that. Yeah. Like so the fact that this movie opens up the, the, the logic behind that right. movie, right? To me, that's awesome. And, and I think that this movie earns that despite how messy it is. So can, you, I, can, can you explain to me a little more how it does that exactly? So, so basically, the way, they, they fucked up with the dimensions and stuff, so now the past, the future, and the present are all affected. Oh, okay. So the past is affected by these monsters, so then they're going to go back in time and see how them using the, go- the shepherd, the god particle, fucks up the past, and the Nazis are going to get a hold of, like, space... Gotcha, gotcha. And fuck up some American paratroopers. They better really explain that for me. I'm not, I'm not trying to be babied through the movie, but explain, I want that explain made clear what, in the though? first five minutes. Like what, what? What? Like to me now, I know because of the shepherd that they can fuck that can fuck with the past. Therefore, the Nazis can have space shit. How does it mess? How does it mess with the past exactly? I need to know because they said it in the movie. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, they said it. Abrams put it. It on says like you could fuck. Was, like if you if you mess there. with the dimension, it can affect the past and the future and the present. I don't. Okay. I mean, I guess I, 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 I forgot that line. Okay. Like sci- scientifically, I think that's. I get it. I can kind of accept that, and you even see that kind of a little bit at work in Interstellar too. Um, yeah, exactly. Not, not that like these ha- they have to they can't have their own different versions of how this stuff works. But I I kind of get what you're saying now, and you I just buy it because it's space shit. I don't know if you guys feel <laughs> that same. I'm just like I love space movies. I want to go watch Life again. Why? <laughs> oh my gosh! In comparison to to this Life, really? Was, yeah, See, but Life is so fucking cliche. Like, there's nothing. The the only good part about Life is the last scene, which is amazing. But otherwise, it's just like typical space movie. Hey, this person's mm-hmm. gonna die because they're not that important. Yep, they died. Like, <laughs> this is how it goes. I don't know. That's mm, where I, I don't know. Going. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's life like rips off Alien a bunch, like blatant. Oh, definitely, definitely. This is too the whole parallel of of him spitting out the worms thing yeah. directly ripped from the the chestbursters thing. Plot wise, though, it, plot wise though, it didn't really. 
It was just like yeah. this. This is similar to Alien with worms coming out of the dude. <laughs> Alien was like they're being hunted though by like you yeah know. these being hunted but the, but the, but in life it's like they try they bring the thing on trying they, to like find a cure for of course future life and they end up you know that's the irony well, i don't know one Maybe, thing, i don't know. one thing i've seen, i like it one thing i've seen criticized about this movie is that it was totally inconsistent uh wh- where do you guys stand on that because they did mix in some comedy but i don't I'm, I'm not sure if it really necessarily bothered me that much that they did it seemed like it might have bothered other people yeah i sure. don't care yeah. Like I like it's just like a like I like I truly oh, don't like again. This is a this is an instance where like y'all might watch a crap ton of movies and have a lot more like grounds to criticize. But like as someone who's like easily entertained, like yeah, I guess like the comedy part of I don't know what the one dude's character name is, but like doubt, yeah, like he just like drops like one liners every time, like you know yeah. like like crime scene shows where you pull the pull the sunglasses off and give the funny one-liner there's and nothing wrong if you commercial. like that there's like, nothing wrong if you like he, that like he cut like he kept doing that and that was kind of like but like again like i laughed at some of them so like yeah. i don't care you know yeah. like yeah. it was just a people complained about the movie that it was a mess and sure i guess like it was it was jumbled in the beginning but like i, I like i didn't care it didn't ruin the movie for me it just really didn't yeah yeah no i i liked it man i think chris o'dad was like, I think I saw a screen cap before I watched the movie, and I was kind of pissed because I think someone was like, look at this fucking line or something. And it was like Chris O'Dowd saying something about his hand, and I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to lose his arm. Da, da, da. And But then it completely happens in like but a way does, that I didn't expect. Yeah, and then he's like talk, talking to his hand, and like it's stupid, but it's it's funny. And it's I can understand it being inconsistent with like the film, but it's also – to me, like this dude is a scientist and he's, you know, they've all sort of come to terms with this is the, this is what's happening. We're in a parallel universe. Da, da, da. This is why everything's happening. And he's like, all right, whatever. And he's not in pain and he's sort of just like interested about it, these- which is a common theme in a lot of sci-fi movies. Right. So yeah. like, I don't know. I thought it was fine. Well, so you, so you liked him. Um, how did you feel about the characters overall? Cause we were just talking about life and uh, Graham, uh, for your context, like Anthony really didn't like life. I was kind of mixed on it. You, you just kind of thought all those characters were stock and none of them meant anything. Do you think, did mm-hmm. you feel like these characters were a little more well-developed to your liking? Um, I mean, I think, like David yeah. Oyelowo is super stock character. Uh, Daniel Bruhl was the the Russian dude, and Daniel Bruhl was like, eh, whatever. Um, ZZ Zhang or whatever, ZE Zhang. She was really good, actually. R.I.P. I wish she didn't die in the movie, but she was really good. I I just think thematically the movie doesn't really try to be all that different from like stock sci-fi stuff, but I think the Cloverfield thing, being into it, is sort of the the, the different differentiator that they sort of hope for, right? I don't know. That's where I'm at with that. Yeah. I mean, I thought the acting was good. I, I really, you know, I don't know. I, I like, like you said, Chris O'Dowd. I really like Daniel Brule, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the girl who played Hamilton. Um, yeah, I thought dude. she was great for, but, but they were all definitely acting against the constraints of the dialogue because you never like, I don't know. Uh, I don't uh, yeah. Know. I don't think the dialogue is personally. Sure. That's what I'm saying. Relative to like 10 Cloverfield Lane, it's not as smart and well-written and like with respect to the details of everything. But I think I I just think that it's interesting. And the whole time Trevor and I were both like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on? And we had a great time watching it. And I think that 
that speaks a lot to me because I think it could have easily gone off the rails, but it, it didn't for either of us. And I think we sort of have like different movie tastes. And so that's sort of why I like the movie a lot. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's I, cool to all have different opinions, though. That's that's yeah. what movies, you know, that's yeah, how they bring us. No, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting that we're all over the map. <laughs> and I guess maybe the I wasn't thinking so much about the larger Cloverfield universe, and um, and maybe that's my fault for approaching that way when these are obviously meant to kind of. And I, I guess I was just after Ten Cloverfield Lane. I was expecting these things to all be a little more individual. I, I, I to be honest, I probably wasn't paying that close of attention to the Super Bowl commercial. Um, like I, 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 <laughs> I might, I might have even gotten more of it from Twitter than I did from the commercial. So maybe I wasn't really thinking that much about its connections to the other movies. And I was just like, man, I want this to be more its own thing. And maybe when you watch it that way, it's just maybe not gonna, you're not gonna quite get as into it. But I, um, yeah, I still found, like I said, on that second viewing, I think it definitely. Um, held together for me a, a bit more, and I, I can see how it's kind of interesting to see how that how the story. It's a little bit of a mystery how it's unfolding, and like you said, mm-hmm. you, you and Trevor are like, "What the hell is going on with the ship? What's going <laughs> on with that?" And I, I guess that's because for before you figure out the interdimensional connections, it's while yes, I'm saying that it does rip off a lot of other space movies. A lot of other movies, the enemy's not the ship. So um, yeah. when, when you're trying to figure out what's wrong with the ship, that is something that sets it apart a little bit. And I can see how that's a little more more unique and a little fun to, and kind of fun to try and figure out. Yeah, um, Trevor, I know you. I think you tweeted about this before, and I'm curious, you guys, your guys' thoughts, um, just on the anthology movies as a whole. Like, what do you think about it? Outside of Cloverfield, do you think other brands or other films should try to do an anthology type thing? Do you think it could work in film? Because it's usually a TV thing. You want me to go first? Yes. You tweeted um, about so, it. So So you're talking about just like the like the order of it, like the whole in the well, same universe thing? Just, yeah, just like in the same universe, but not necessarily like sequels or prequels, just like yeah, they I, exist in the same universe, but they're not directly connected in every I which mean, way. like I love it for Cloverfield. I don't know how well it would work for other movies, but yeah. I really, I really liked it in this instance because when something like this would happen, obviously something as crazy as like an alien monster attacking the planet, every like kind of person is going to react differently. And sure. I think the way that we got to see it on different timelines truly gives us a like whole grand scope of like how people of different backgrounds or situations or everything would react to such a thing. Cause I think we're three movies in and like, we basically have everything. Like we have the, like what would the common people do in New York city when it attacked? And like, we saw how people freaked out like that. And in the second movie we saw, you know, like doomsday truthers and like how they would react (laughs) to something like this. And then like in the third movie we have, okay, well now there are these super smart people who are going to try and do something about it. How did they do or like whatever. So, um, so I think, I think I really liked it in that sense. And I, I just liked it. There weren't there aren't nearly as many limitations on it. Like there's so many different starts of characters and and viewpoints mm-hmm. and things like that that you can you, that you can do and that the directors can do when it's not necessarily a prequel and a sequel. Um, and I think that I think that works really well for a Cloverfield like movie. You know, something a little mm-hmm. bit more logical and realistic. I'm not sure it sure. might get annoying to people, but. Mm-hmm. For a space movie, and especially a movie where we're now figuring out the 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 point of origin is a rip in the dimension, like I, re- I now I'm really I'm really into uh, uh, 
different universes thing. Josh is freaking out. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I think I think we're good now. I, I, I can I guess I can leave this in. It'll just be kind of funny. My my entire computer froze for like the last thirty seconds. So okay, I was we like, were all, I was hearing him loud and clear. So yeah, no, and, and I was hearing you guys and stuff. It was just like I could my Skype wasn't moving. Nothing was moving at all except <laughs> was I was like I, freaking I, out I, over I, there, and I, I was I, like, I, all right, I'm pushing except, the button. Except <laughs> I except I could hear stuff. So I was like, holy shit, is my computer gonna crash and we're gonna lose the whole entire podcast? And I was so I was freaking out for a minute. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm good now, and I, I can jump right back into this. I'm not sure what brands you are. Th- what, what I'm not sure. Based like, on your do you question, think Star Wars could do an anthology? Aren't they kind of going to do that though already with I, the Ryan yeah. Johnson's thing? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, do we I, like? Are you excited for that? Do you think it's going to work? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. Like, Trevor brings up a really good point about this is a little bit more on the cr- wild side of the movie itself is already in this a little unbelievable area where you can believe new things, like new perspectives, new uh, experiences to it. Right. But something like a little more realistic might, might not work as well. Cause you have like American well, horror story is like the big one on TV, right? So, well, well, so. well do, I, I know you don't grammar Trevor. Do you guys watch black mirror? Of course. Nope. Okay, so Black Mirror is an example example of how yeah. this is done very well, and it, it's it, it, it's done in an attempt to kind of approximate what the near future might look like with the techno- yeah. technology there. So I think it. And for the for the two of you that don't, uh, you can watch go watch any episode, and you want to go watch the star of this movie, go watch San Junipero because she's incredible in that episode of Black uh, Mirror. Don't make me cry. Yeah, so <laughs> go go watch that. Like next time you guys just feel like sitting Should around, you don't know what to tears. watch. Go watch that on Netflix. But I mean, it, it, Black Black Mirror does it so well, and I I guess I don't know. If I don't watch American Horror Story, so I don't know if that's all within the same universe. All those, different, all those yeah. different seasons yeah. are. It's yeah. anthology. Well, each yeah. season is well, a new anthology. There's always like the well, best thing about each one, though, is there's always little small connections in each one. But okay, yeah. well, you're not like sitting there picking apart if they really exist, if if all these fact checks, uh, like sure. they're not trying to answer all the questions. Like with American Horror Story, it's all that there's like Lan- Lana Winters is all in like she's a pertaining character in each one, and okay. she has made appearances in multiple seasons. And with Black Mirror, there's been technology that's been you know alluded to in certain episodes. Well, and that, then and then the most recent yeah. Black Mirror season that. Episode Black Museum that kind of confirms a lot of it that with, it drops a ton of hints about how hey that all this sure. stuff actually is kind of connected. So I mean you're at a little bit more of an advantage I guess when you can have the production uh, in a bunch of episodes of a TV show and that makes it a little easier to create that kind of universe than to have to do it on the scale of these big movies. But I, I, I see no reason why someone else couldn't do it. You don't you don't see a ton of original uh, content given big budgets like the when the original yeah, Cloverfield actually didn't yeah. cost that much money. Uh, when something yeah. that small and and I guess Ten Cloverfield Lane probably didn't cost that much money either. This one yeah. did, uh, but if someone wants to take that original idea, I'm sure there's a market for that kind of thing. Would be sure. my point because we've seen it done so well on TV, and the last two Cloverfield movies made a bunch of money. Yeah. All right. So. All right, final thoughts. I want to hear final thoughts from you. And if a scale of one to ten, how excited are you for October twenty sixth when Cloverfield four, whatever it's going to be called, comes out? Trevor, why don't you start? Um, final thoughts are kind of the same as what I said at the beginning. Yeah. I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the movie. Um, yeah, it was not anything like I expected. But again, no Cloverfield movie has been, so that's pretty par for the course. And that's actually why I like the Cloverfield, um, I guess, universe is now what we're calling it. So I really, yeah. I, I enjoyed it for 
you know, whatever other people want to say, it was a mess in the middle or whatever, but love the structure, love the origin. I'd love where now they can go with the movie. So big fan of that. And then I'm, I mean, I'm pretty stoked about it. I, I'm, I'm going to say a nine out of 10, even though I'm a big field <laughs> fan, just because I'm, I'm kind of skeptical about the whole, like they're going this far into the past kind of a thing, like a world war two thing. I'm just like a little skeptical with it, but um, we'll see. I'm, I'm definitely, this is something that I'm obviously watching right away. So yeah. Graham. Yeah, like like Trevor said, I feel like the whole going into the past with alien technology is like something that would have been made in like a grindhouse movie that R- Rodriguez would do sure. in 2007, which doesn't mean that I think it's going to be bad. I just don't think that's going to appease all the Cloverfield fans who are really out there still looking for answers. I think it's going to be more <laughs> of the same when it comes to I know that we all have our own opinions about when it comes to if anyone really deserves sure. answers or want answers because it's an anthology series and to expect answers for everything is unrealistic. But I think the biggest thing is that they've built that expectation and they've built that hype that that there's a you know, there's one, you know, despite multiple universes, there is some point that's going to connect it all together. And I think this is just going to muddy the waters a little bit more. I think it could still be a good film if seen as its own, but attaching it, the Cloverfield name to movies like this comes with the huge expectations that a lot of these films don't necessarily need or deserve in order to stand on their own. They come with a huge amount of expectations and it makes it so that there are a lot of people out there like Trevor and a lot of you guys that, that watch the movie and say, Oh, this is a good film. It, you know, it tried to answer a lot of good things. I enjoyed it, but there's always going to be people who are going to be like, Oh, it's a Cloverfield movie. I, I expect it to, you know, answer a lot of the questions in the first one. And then, the, you know, 10 Cloverfield lane and, and it's going to rather than, I think the biggest achievement that it could possibly make is to not bring up more questions, maybe tie off a few loose ends. And I just hope that the fourth one does that rather than, <laughs> making us wonder like okay so if this changed the world 70 years in the past and messed up the space-time continuum and started a butterfly effect how is everything that directly the same if this really came 70 years before how did cloverfield one really happen the same way you know that's what i'm going to be, be sitting there <laughs> wondering when because if, if that's really if they had space space alien technology back in the 1940s how are we sitting there the exact same in cloverfield one and i think people are just going to be sitting there and then rather than judge the movie as its own you know movie they're going to be sitting there being like oh it's a cloverfield movie so that makes all the others different now and that's what i think i'm going to keep coming back to but it all depends like i've said how much you really care about the cloverfield universe if you're a really big fan about the answering of the questions if you're not if you're just enjoying the the movie i think that a lot of these movies are a lot better on their own sure Josh, final uh, well, thoughts? Well, well, now that I think about it a little more, I guess, and about this new other movie that will be coming in October, I kind of see what Anthony and Trevor have been saying about how this movie might have done a lot of the work to make it so you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff in the next one. I just don't necessarily think that made for the most uh, complete movie as a whole, and I maybe think they could have gone about it a better way. But I think because of that, I'm not really that worried about uh, I, I, or not worried. I'm not worried about it, but I'm excited for this new one coming in October. I think it's going to be good that it won't have to deal with any of this table setting. That's and just the fact that you're going into the past for something so different is going to force it to really be its own thing and feel really unique. Compa- maybe in the same way Ten Cloverfield Lane did to me. It's it stars Wyatt Russell, who's an actor that I yeah. uh, really the like. Cast is really cool for them. Actually, I, I mean, I I was just I clicked on the cast a minute ago. I didn't really 
I, I didn't look that closely. I didn't recognize the names besides him, but also another, also been the star of a recent Black Mirror episode, which I really enjoyed him in. And it's written by Billy Ray, who's a screenwriter that's done a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed. I, a movie that I really loved, Shattered Glass, was kind of his first uh, big thing. But then he he did the he did the State of Play. He did Captain Phillips. He did the first Hunger Games movie, which was one of the better of those movies. And so I I I, I guess the guy that wrote this one did Twenty Two Jump Street, and that's about mm-hmm. it as far as other things. And I like Twenty Two Jump Street, but this screenwriter that's doing the new one has uh, more of a track record, and I've enjoyed a lot of what he's done. So I think that we've seen a lot of World War Two movies too, but I think this is going to ha- be a very unique. It's, there's no way this won't be a unique way of looking at that and I still trust that these people will make professional looking movies because this one looked really good and I, like I said this wasn't this one it wasn't that it was really bored me and I think that it was just certain elements of it really felt way too familiar and I don't think that's going to be a problem so I'd say I'm really excited looking forward I'm so optimistic about the franchise I just don't know if they did everything right with this one yeah like I said, uh, I like this movie a lot. I think the the intrigue of being part of the Cloverfield universe is really what kept me hanging on, uh, despite some of the the stuff in the middle being a little a little messy. Um, and I, I think as the movie went on, I, I just sort of got into it more and believed it more. Um, so uh, so I'm excited. And, and Josh said, I think this did a lot of the legwork for however many movies they want to do. And I, I, I think Trevor asked me like, Hey, like how, how many, how long do you think they can, they can keep doing this for? And now I said, I think I said like, I hope forever I'll watch every single one. Uh, I, I, am excited to, to see this. And the fact that we're getting, cause I think for, I think it's called overlord. I think this was actually like produced to be a Cloverfield movie. Right. Whereas the other two are retrofitted to be a, to be a Cloverfield movie. We don't so know I that think, much about it yet. I mean, but that I, might be very would be the case. I, I haven't think read. I think that's the case, considering they've already like talked about who's in it and the then the cast and that it's going to be a Cloverfield movie. Um, and maybe they they thought they needed this God Particle movie to sort of tie everything together in order to make this film. I don't know, but um, there's also rumors um, that Daisy Ridley's already been like cast in the fifth one. I mean, I'm down, yeah. but so like Josh said, I, I I'm excited for the for the next one and. Um, I don't know. I like this movie, so definitely curious to hear what other people think because this, I, I guess it's kind of a divisive movie. A lot of people have hate for it, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. Graham, Trevor, I appreciate it. Uh, if you guys want to plug your social media, go feel free, Trev. Graham. Okay. Um, don't really talk about movies a lot, but I <laughs> do a lot of tomfoolery with sports, so if you want to follow me at Tampa Bay Trey, T R E. Um, Try to have a good time on there. Yeah. So, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. would be a good decision if any of you are Tampa Bay Bucks fans. To yes. Over. Yeah, Trevor Trevor writes about the Bucks occasionally, every day. Yeah, Graham, what are we going to find on your Twitter feed now that uh, National Signing Day is already come and gone? Yeah, Trevor's just awesome. Uh, you can follow me for bad puns and Gators football coverage. I'm doing a lot of Gators small sports <laughs> right now, softball, but mainly football recruiting, uh, gymnastics, you know, lacrosse, stuff like that. But you can follow me at Graham Hall underscore. Mainly bad puns, though the next few months that's cool and uh yeah. as usual i'm josh jernavoy it's j-o-s-h-j-u-r-n-o-v-o-y on twitter and the podcast twitter is at 52 in 52 pod yeah and you can find me at a clambake a-k-l-a-m-b-a-k-e podcast email 52 and 52 pod at gmail.com uh thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next time <laughs>